1: Welcome, welcome back to Boston Cage Podcast. On today's show, it's it's, it's interesting because, I mean, she's an industry legend, right? And I, I I'm going to give you a little bit of, like, of who she is, and then I'm going to let her fill in with all the details. So she is a cultural ambassador for one, right? She's a singer and performer. She is a producer, a nonprofit leader, a social entrepreneur, a singer, performer, producer again, if you think about that, right? I said that twice for a reason. And then she's also known as the American songbird. I've deemed her the ambassador boss for obvious reasons. So without further ado, Murner, the floor is yours.
0: Who are thank you? Thank you. Wow. That's that's pretty. That 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 sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um thank you. Thank you very much. Um well I am a creative cultural arts ambassador and right now I'm deeming myself the um performing arts pace setter for um post-pandemic live performances (laughs) that's how i'm deeming myself but in addition to that i am also a strong advocate for cultural exchange and for performing disability performing arts performing
1: artists So let's, let's set the stage right now. Anyone that would look up your name, they're going to be c- completely flooded with like who you are and what's your legacy. So like just 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 tell a little piece of the, like who are you and what have you done for your entire life? My entire life? Yeah, you're, I mean, the reality is is that you were born to do what you're doing. So yeah. let, let's let's talk about that.
0: Okay. Well, um I've been seeing um, since I was five. And and I recognized later on that it was a gift. When you're complimented by things and just things that come natural, um, you don't really know, but you kind of discover later on that it's a gift. And so um, um, I um, was taught to go to college and get my master's degree. So I have an MBA and worked in corporate America in marketing and marketing research. And so went along that path um, and then um, discovered that my ladder of success was on the wrong wall. And so I had to come down and move my ladder (laughs) to the right wall, which is recognizing that space that um, made me most happy. And performing um, and singing is what made me most happy. And so um, I shifted and went in that direction, um, changed careers and, and went in that direction. And so I've been performing Um, A band leader, um, solo artist traveling around the world um, and kind of just kind of enjoying what I do and figuring out how um, to do it in a better way, in a different way um, than many of the artists that um, I've seen um, perform because I started in this career later, you know, than, than many others.
1: So, I mean, just, I want people to just understand that. I mean, you hear about artists and and, and on a local level versus like a national level versus international level. And you've had the pleasure to, like you said before, fly around the world. You had opportunities, I think in Russia. So like, let's talk about that, like that journey to, to a certain extent, most musicians or artists are content being in their, their, their country of origin, but you seem like you're more content being more of a, a global image.
0: Well, You know what? It's funny. I can't say that artists are content being in their local area. I think that they just don't know how to get out and go further. And I'm I have the attention span of a gnat and I'm curious as a bird. And so I'm like, okay, there's something else that has to be done. And in addition to that, and I have to um, um, give props to the the Lord Almighty because um, I actually heard in my spirit worldwide ministry and music. And ministry was not church. Ministry was nations. And that was very clear. That's all I knew at the time. And so that was, you know, next year will be 20 years. And it's at that point that I knew the direction was international um, and, and worldwide. And here's the funny thing. I began asking people in the Atlanta area, hey, who books international? You know, asking questions, curious. How do I do this? Where do I go? And, um, and I kid you not, everybody that I, that I asked said, I don't know. When you find out, you tell me. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so at that point, um, I decided to leave Atlanta uh, for a minute, uh, however long it was going to take, and a friend of mine invited me to come to D.C. She said, you could come here, you can stay, and you got a place to stay, you got food to eat, and at that point, I was like, cool, <laughs> you know, so I left Atlanta and went there, thinking that I was going to ultimately get to New York, Um yeah. and while there, um, I began going to all the jam sessions because nobody knew me. So I began to all, go to all the jam sessions and perform so that I could get to know musicians and performers. And everybody I asked, you know, uh, was asking, "Do you know who books internationally?" I was that's that was my focus. Do you know who books internationally? Mm. And while I was there, um, this uh, gentleman said to me, "Matter of factly, the State Department. Don't you know?" Like, no. Who would know that? <laughs> Only people in D.C. would know that, you know, and so that um, is how I ultimately became um, aware the State Department books performers to travel abroad. Now, mind you, I was performing abroad before that, and that became through relationships. Um, my, my tours um, to Russia actually came while I was in D.C., um, and it wasn't through the State Department. But I was but because I was asking everybody and their uncle, who do you know that books international? Uh, that that's what started coming to me. You know, and so so that's kind of how it started and how it moved in that direction.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. So, I mean, obviously, when I started off this podcast, you know, I, I, I labeled you multiple different things. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this, this is like the perception of the world viewing in on you. So I'm going to ask you a question based upon your personal perception. If you can pick three to five words to define who you are, which three to five words would you choose?
0: Um, ambassador. Cultural ambassador—that's two words. Um, um, advocate for underserved and um, underrepresented, um, and um, ambitious uh, hmm. follower of Christ.
1: Hmm. So, being being in your ambition, I mean, obviously ambition comes with a heavy baggage of weight behind it. Like everyone that thinks about ambition thinks about climbing up a corporate ladder or buying something, selling something, monopolizing something. So in your business though, like right now, like w- what are your current ambitions?
0: Um, my current ambition in my, first of all, my business is all about, um, cultural exchange, um, and so in that, um, being about cultural exchange and the exchange of music, the exchange of, of, of uh, entertainment mm. worldwide, globally, and the why is really wanting to build curiosity and interest around world peace. Mm. And that sounds like, you want world peace? Is this a pageant? No, <laughs> it's not a pageant. Um, there's so much going on that's totally out of our control. Mm. And so um, when I travel abroad, I'm representing three entities when I travel. One, I'm a woman. Two, I'm a Black person. Three, I'm an American. Depending upon who I meet, that's a positive or a negative. Yeah. And so I'm going in saying, hey, you should be able to talk about these things in a different way. And so when I went to um, um, Russia, they actually, uh, the, the um, consulate's uh, wife, Came to me actually and said, "What you said from that stage was more impactful than what we've been able to do in a, in months." Because I'm not a politician, I'm not someone who is going to go in and um, I'm talking people to people. I, I don't have a public, you know, a public. Um, I'm not elected, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so it's about that. Um, it's it's about that cultural exchange and it's a global market Hmm. and I'm using the universal language of jazz, the universal language of music and jazz is perceived because of its improvisation as the freedom music, Hmm. you know? And so all of these things from a um, um, marketing standpoint are buzzwords that really have authentic meaning. It's not hype. Hmm. When we talk about it, it feels like hype. But it really resonates with people. Um, and so because of that, um, we have uh, the opportunities to, um, to really make, make things happen in a different way for, uh, for other cultures, including America. Here's the crazy thing. When I go abroad, I represent America. So that's why I'm called America's Songbird hmm. because they need to know that I'm American. Well, um, other countries and other citizens are getting cultural exchange. But we in America aren't getting cultural exchange. We aren't getting to see the benefit of other cultures. Now, mind you, people live here, but we don't interact with them. We don't know anything about them. And one of the things that I say, um, because I have a show, um, and let me know when I'm talking too much. (laughs) I have have an event that's called Atlanta um, International Jazz um, Artist Series. Mm And I feature international artists that are based in Atlanta, top international artists that are based in Atlanta. And my whole goal is to have that cultural exchange for Atlantans to experience other cultures here. And yes, I'm doing what council generals are supposed to be doing here in Atlanta, but okay, that's all right because I'm a cultural ambassador. My title has been given, I've been given that title by the State Department. And so I take that seriously. Um, But one of the things I say um, each time when I'm presenting an artist is, look, if you don't like Mexicans, then stop eating Mexican food. Because Mm. if they had not come to this country, we would not be experiencing Mexican food. If you don't like Chinese people, then stop eating Chinese food. Because if they weren't coming here, we wouldn't experience that. If you don't like Black people, stop eating soul food. Stop Mm. eating Southern cooking. Because if it wasn't for us being in this country, you wouldn't have those benefits. You go to any other country, it doesn't exist. And Mm. so that's where I am in terms of really bringing to people's Attention, the value of differences <laughs> that's important, and once we understand and value differences, then we can then embrace our similarities and come together and and kind of be okay with okay, it's cool, it's cool I like you know but it, it takes that that exchanging and that curiosity um, to to go there. as a matter of fact, uh, passports you know if, if a person has a passport, then I already know that they're interested and curious or those people who want a passport. So um, mm. that's that's what my business is about, mm. cultural exchange.
1: Hmm. So, I mean, in that, I mean, obviously, you've you given a lot of insight in, in defining that answer, but it kind of brings me to kind of like social awareness, right? To, to your point, you said you're three things, right? You're a woman first, you're African American, and, and you're American in general. So when you step yeah. into these spaces, you're either viewed as a, a triple tra- threat, right? Or you yeah. could be viewed as the, the three golden nuggets. So what is probably the biggest obstacle or hurdle that you had to overcome being that you are those three things in the face of adversity?
0: You know, um, that's an excellent question. Um, the hurdle to overcome is someone else's perception. Hmm. That's the hurdle because I'm coming in and if you already have a negative perception of me, then one, I don't know what that perception is. And then two, I then have to overcome that. Let me give you an example. One of my very first times um, um, with as a, as a singer, of course, as I mentioned, I started a little later than many um, and um, the publicist of one of the he's well-known legendary jazz and popular culture um producer filmmaker um he does soundtracks for movies and um just an amazing legendary man musician the publicist for him came to me and said you got the look how old are you Mm. i said i can sing chanel he asked me nothing about "Can you sing?" Hmm. It was all about the look and the age hmm. and so since I knew that I was older than many getting started, that was not something I wanted to discuss. I wanted to discuss the fact that I can sing hmm. and I can sell records <laughs> you know um, but you have a perception of me and so that that part of the reason why I just kind of go out and perform. I'm a performer. And I'm an entertainer. And so that's what I do. And so once I get on the stage and then you can then see what I do, it's at that point that we can talk about other things,
1: you know. So, I mean, that brings me to another question, right? Like in the industry, right? And you have music people that just love music. Like they don't pay any attention to like the back office or to like the business structure behind the scenes. But it's like, you're kind of in the middle. Like you are a diehard musician, but you also have the business savviness and you understand both sides of the coin. So my next question is like, being that you understand both sides of the coin, how is your business set up? Is it an LLC, an S-Corp or a C-Corp?
0: Um, it's an LLC that's an S corporation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so um it's funny because um I do master classes on the business of music
2: hmm.
0: and um in workshops because many universities they teach their students how to be performers, but hmm. they don't teach them the business side of things. And um it's 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 also funny because you know, James Brown said it's called show business. 25% show, 75% business. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's about the business, you know? Um, and we don't we don't think about that because we are gifted, we do have a passion. And so, you know, as Erica Badu said, I'm sensitive about my, you know, stuff. So I'm mm. sensitive about this. And so, um, but mm. at the end of the day, if it's not, if you're not able to make money at it, then somebody's making money, but not you. Mm. And so mm. you've got to figure out. How to make money. And that, you know, that's that's where I am now in this virtual world, just trying to figure it out because it's Mm -hmm. very different. Music is free now. And so, how are songwriters making money? How are performers making money? I have an issue that my friends know. Um, to deem musicians as non-essential, oh, I'm essential. If it wasn't for the music, if people weren't at home listening to music, they'd be jumping off of bridges right now. So we are essential. And, and and society, again, these barriers, society needs to recognize that we're essential. We're not non-essential. And so our music is what gets in and penetrates is that unseen value. And other people don't recognize it. But but we artists know that if it wasn't for us, there would we did more for integration than any politician. You know, I mean, Ray Charles and and Mahalia Jackson and others and and Billie Holiday were saying, I'm not going to perform if you don't have an integrated audience. Long before the civil rights, you know, movement was signed. Hmm. So it was performers and entertainers out there sacrificing their lives and their dollars. So
1: That's definitely, definitely interesting. So, I mean, and what I'm getting from that is essentially like, being that you're both, I will say you're 50-50, right? You're half analytical oh, hey. and you're half creative, right? Being that you had that advantage, I would think that you would have some particular systems in place. And to your point, you're educating people, you're doing master classes, you're doing workshops. So what systems are you educating other musicians on to help them to process the analytical side that they're neglecting because they're more on the creative side?
0: You know, it's first of all, let me preface this by saying um, I am the artist. And so for me to take myself out of myself and talk business, Mm. you know, I'd say to my friends, I'm a can of peas. And this can of peas needs a label. It needs seasoning. It needs marketing. It needs pricing. It needs all of these things. But Mm. I'm a can of peas that talks. (laughs) you know so it matters to me how you're going to do this to me and whether or not i agree with it or not and so um it's it's very difficult it's very challenging to to do the things for yourself especially um but that said um the, the systems that I talk about are really basic business systems. The fact that you need a contract, the fact that you need an attorney, the fact that you need an accountant, just basic because it's business. And so it's basic business. Um, You need to promote. So many artists don't self-promote. They're expecting the, the, the event to promote for mm. them as opposed to promote themselves, you know, and so they don't know how to they don't know how, and they don't know the value or the need to. And so it's really talking basic business um, acumen um, for, for them. And um, um, at that point, once we get there, once we have mm-hmm. that awareness and that level of understanding, it's that point that I'm able to talk about things like right now. Um, it's very important to me to learn from ex- experts like you in this, how, how to monetize this virtual world Mm. understanding the importance of our website our our social media and and you know for for you know someone like me social media is a hodgepodge but for Mm. you it's you're naming each one of them (laughs) you know Mm. and you have a different strategy for each one and so Mm. it becomes very much a strategic planning well for the average person who's never been even never even thought of music as a business Mm. whoa (laughs) hold up you know and so when you talk systems I know that the system as of March 2020 that brought in this virtual world is very different than the system of March 2019, very you right. know, and so what you're doing to, 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 to get customers is very different today, mm-hmm. you know, at, at, at now in May, 2021, a whole year, and a couple of months later, it's totally different, and so I'm going to school. <laughs> I'm going and learning, like I said, from experts and, and and utilizing the knowledge of experts. Because yes, I bring I bring a lot with me, but if I don't continue to educate myself, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be you know um, um, left behind. And, and I'm about, not about that. Things that I have to do generationally um, that um, so I so I can't be left behind. I'm gonna live to be a hundred <laughs> beyond <laughs> performing, let's be clear. <laughs> I, like I can Cic- definitely
1: see you doing that. I can see you see you being that individual person being like a hundred and eight years old, still harmonizing for sure.
0: There you go. There you go. My, I mean, I've got great leaders. Cicely Tyson, what? I think she mm. just kind of said, I'm tired. I'm ready to go now. You know, mm. <laughs> it's just, you know. Um, so, so yeah.
1: Hmm. So, I mean, I think that's definitely, definitely really, really, really intriguing and really interesting, right? Because, again, you're you taking all these years of experience. And anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you have not Googled her yet, I think you should Google her before this episode is over. So you can kind of really see this legacy, right? Because to some people, you may be perceived to be an overnight success. To some people, they're like, oh, my God, it's her, right? So to kind of bridge the gap between the two, like, let's just back it up a little bit. Okay. Like, when When did your, how long did it take you to become who you are? Like, when did it really start and when did you really realize that you're this person and that's going to be able to influence the world?
0: Here's the funny thing, Chanel. I'm still becoming. I'm real mm-hmm. clear. <laughs> I am still becoming. I am still emerging. I am still mm-hmm. developing. Um, I haven't gotten there yet. Wherever there is, I haven't gotten there yet. Um, but it's uh, but the the path mm. was the first thing was acknowledging and accepting what it is that I love to do. Mm. So many people don't take the time to really assess what they're good at. They're so we're so busy running mm. and 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 doing what other people expect of us to do that we don't stop and really assess you know this doesn't make me happy okay so what does don't tell me what doesn't make you happy tell me what does make you happy and when you start figuring that out and so i finally figured that out which meant a significant career change you know and significant financial <laughs> change um for me but i i was willing to take that risk um and so in that um i began um uh, performing, of course, for free, because wh- whatever you love to do, you do for free. And then mm-hmm. began perfecting my gift and my skill. Um, and I used to sing down at Underground Atlanta um, um, back in the early 2000s for free. They didn't pay me. However, I sang for tips. And so I began mastering um, how what songs would draw people over, because only if they came over, would they tip me or buy my product. Otherwise, they'd be walking, so I had to figure out what what cover songs to sing to get them to come over so that I could get paid and so I learned from there in addition, and from there, one of my very dear friends um, um, arranged um, made, um, hooked me up, I guess if you will, with the owner of a restaurant that's now closed called um, Michonne's. and I was their first um, um, weekly performer there every Friday night, and I performed there every Friday night for two and a half years um, and there Um, I learned not only, you know, one that I'm, I'm, I'm the band leader. And so that means that I'm paying my musicians. And so Mm -hmm. every week these musicians are getting paid. And so I'm providing a significant amount of money for them monthly, you know, that that's coming through me for them. And so I'm pouring money into somebody else's household. So I'm a employer, Mm -hmm. you know, and so this mindset of things. And so at Michonne's, I learned, um, again, how to really entertain the audience because these people are eating, you know? And so here we are in front of the audience. We're not background music. We're there. And so my goal became, okay, I want you because they were known for their smoked food, their smoked meats and stuff. And so my goal every Friday night was to get someone who's having a conversation with their friends to then um, be in the middle of a bite and look over at the band (laughs) Mm. <laughs> you know, and so to me, it became, I'm looking to engage. I'm looking to draw you in, you know? And so it's, it's that kind of me as a performer, because I'm looking for entertainment.
2: Mm.
0: When I go and spend my money, I'm looking for entertainment. And so I, when, when I perform, I'm wanting some, I, I, I assume somebody else wants that too, and they want that entertainment. And so whatever productions or whatever shows I do, because now not only am I doing my own, I'm bringing other artists, and doing other performers, and giving them platforms to do the same. As a matter of fact, that's what I want to do more than anything is to not only me perform abroad, but me to facilitate others performing abroad. And so, but I'm going ahead to give them the opportunity and to, and to build my brand. So that when people say, you know, when people know Myrna Clayton or the American Songbird or my quote unquote business name, Cedar Tree Worldwide is doing something. then there's a, a brand awareness of the quality and the level of entertainment that we're gonna bring.
1: Hmm. It's definitely definitely interesting. So in, in that, I think you you talked about there was a segue. It was kind of a shift. So from today to that shift, roughly how long has that 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 time frame been?
0: Shift from the awareness to making it happen. Yeah. You know, starting the process. Yeah. For me, <laughs> for me, um, that was at least um about mm, uh 7 to 7 to 8 to 9 to 10 years because of course I'm working in corporate. Mm-hmm. And so the 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 thoughts of girl are you crazy? <laughs> personal conversations you know, me and the lord, you know, conversations about okay, wait, you want to do this, you know, and then moving and positioning myself. I literally told my mother, "Hey, I'm going to do this and I'm, I may need to come home and stay with you. You mm. know, I, you know, me going, you know, because, um, me, me, um, I, um, was married, um, uh, had a child and, um, I, my husband and I divorced. Mm. And so my child, I was, I was, a, I was at that point a single mom and it was like, oh, wow. I never thought of myself as a single mom. I never called myself a single mom, but I had a daughter that needed to be taken care of. And so mm. all of these processes, so you ask the question, the shift, the, the awareness came before the shift came. Mm. And then, because there was a lot of self-talk, you know, mm. what, what, how, how, what, and, and in that I'm hearing the spirit. And, and so at that point, I'm like, okay, no, I've got to do this. I've, I have to do this. I can't not do this. You know, I'm going to be miserable, <laughs> not. And the, Miserable, happy, miserable, happy. I think I'll choose happy. And Mm. so, okay, let's figure out how to um, earn and make a living being happy. Because, oh, you're going to pay me to do this? Mm. Woo, yay. You know, so then after that decision, you asked about, after that decision, then came, okay, how do I start making money? And that's where the business knowledge came. Because, Mm. okay, I needed to differentiate myself from the competition. I needed to establish a brand image when I'm performing a certain look, all those things that you know about business, then at that point, you know, start going and then came the, you know, looking at international, you know, and that. And so it was was more, it was more like that, just kind of going through those steps and the process now to, I I heard in 2002 from the Holy Spirit, worldwide ministry and music, okay. And so just to give you a timeline, cause that happened as I was doing the transition. And so um, that, tr- that time came. And so now it's 20 years, next hmm. year will be 20 years. Wow! And I'm still <laughs> getting in that process. It, I'm not there yet. Um, so, so hmm. it's been 20 plus years.
1: A thing. So let's take this right. I mean, obviously when you're singing and I've watched some of your performances online and it, it looks like, like you're there, but you're not there. It's kind of like you're traveling between space and time and you're trying to connect, connect history to the future, to the present all at the same time in that moment that you're singing. Right. So let's take that. You're singing, you're harmonizing and you can time travel back into time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. In the last 20 years, 30 years, is there one thing that you would want to go back in time and do differently if you could do it all over again.
0: Um you know, Schnall, um I would have um been obedient and to my gut, to what mm. the spirit was telling me to do, as opposed to second guessing and thinking that I knew better or because this was happening that you know, I need to, you know, it's it's following that inner knowing as opposed to, well, it doesn't look, no, that so-and-so, you know, e- even if it was, even if someone seemed to be a hindrance, ultimately I discovered they weren't a mm-hmm. hindrance, but I made them that. And so I'm really following, fo- following my gut, you know, my gut, my inner, my inner knowing, the Holy Spirit, however you want to refer to it. Um, but it's, it's, it's really that um, I'd I, I like it to be much more technical sounding. Mm. Um, but for me, it's, it's, it's that. It literally
1: is. Oh, wow. So let's talk about like your history a little bit. Right. I mean, obviously you went to school, you have the business savviness, you understand music to a level that most musicians would die for. Like, does this combination of business and creativity and musical incline does that come from someone in your family do you come from an entrepreneurial background with like your dad a musician or a businessman like who where does it come from
0: um, um it's a hodgepodge mm-hmm. um my father was a minister and a college professor mm-hmm. um who um wasn't an entrepreneur if you will he was an academician however mm-hmm. he was a speaker And so he got his side hustle speaking. My mom was a librarian archivist. She was actually the first archivist at the Martin Luther King Hmm. Center for Social Change back in 69 when it first opened up right after Dr. King was assassinated. So my mom was in research and and librarian, and she ultimately ultimately became the head of archives and special collections at the Woodruff Library at Atlanta University. However, my mom's side hustle was Mary Kay. She was a Mary Kay director, yes. so she sold Mary Kay. And so they both, but, but need, that was not either of their ambition to, you know, leave there and, and grow that business. It was because they were where they were. However, my grandmother, my mother's mother, um, she, both my parents, uh, my dad, you know, ultimately had a, got a PhD. My mother had a master's. Um, and my grandmother, who didn't finish high school, had property. All you know, had people working for her, you know, and always had money in her hand. <laughs> you know, she always was able to lend, you know, and and people could pay her back. And so my, it was my grandmother, um, who is the one that uh, that had that business. And it was, of course, not called entrepreneurism. She just had her own independent thing going on. Um, and so it was her. Now, music-wise, both my my mother and my father sang. My father was a trumpeter. Um, and my father, when he would pull out his trumpet, you know, he would go someplace heavenly, and I knew he was like he was he was talking with the Lord because he would he would be some in his office playing. Once he pulled that trumpet out in that office, we knew okay, stay out of the way. It's it's, some, it's something going on up in here, you know. Yeah. And so for me, that's why spirituality and jazz go together. Um, and 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 I call what I do inspirational jazz because the hope and the desire is to inspire someone now mind you old jazz heads when I started saying I do inspirational jazz of course old jazz heads all jazz is inspired (laughs) so I get that I get that but uh, from a branding standpoint um, me calling it versus bebop or you know um, fusion you know as a vocalist um, I call it inspirational jazz
1: wow wow so I mean you alluded to I mean your family history you also mentioned that you have a child so like being that you're in a world, I mean, obviously in today's market, travel is not as common, right? But at one time, I think that you traveled a lot, you know, being that you were doing um, performances over in Europe and you were doing performances in Russia. So let's talk about that for a minute. Like, currently, how do you juggle like your work life with your family life?
0: You know, um, I'm so grateful to have supportive family. Um, I became full-time caregiver primary caregiver, full-time caregiver of my mother in 1999. And so it's been 20 years. um, And I had to move in with my mom in um, uh, 2009. Um, And um, when I was doing all of this traveling and things, I actually had to say to my brother, hey, I'm not an only child. I need your help. (laughs) I need you to step up, you know. And um, I think that many people who are caring for their parents don't ask their siblings, you know, to hey, can you can you can you give me an hour? Can you give me a, a day? Can you give me some level of support? Because I'm I am i I'm I'm drowning here. And mm-hmm. so um that said, um thankfully my brother and um my daughter um and then family members, um I learned that people people will help if you ask them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're not going to volunteer but they will if you ask them can can I get an hour? Can you help me? Um, they'll help those that are willing. You know they they will help, and you don't want to take advantage of that. But anyway, how did I manage that money with support and help uh, from family? Um, and it was it was a set amount of time. Okay, if I'm going abroad, then I'm going abroad for a month. I'm going abroad for a few weeks, um, and then ultimately, um, I had another conversation with my brother and said, Hey, we have to alternate here. Because um, when I'm going abroad, I'm not on vacation. When I'm singing, I'm working. And mm-hmm. so I still don't get a break. And so thankfully, my brother agreed that every three months we would alternate when my mother would go and stay with him. And then my mm-hmm. mother would come when I came back. And so I could schedule my shows and schedule my performances around um, when I'm abroad, you know, and, and when when, when he, she's going to be with him. And so it's very much so, you know, scheduling. Um, and um, I use the analogy of a juggler. You know, it's kind of like you when you got things going on, a juggler was fling some stuff way up there and still be doing this. And then when that was time to come back down, OK, fling something else up there. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so it's it's very much so managing systems, as you say, um, in order to make it to make it work, um, because I at see. the end of the day, again, I got to do what I got to do. You know, mm-hmm. so I've got to find a way to do it. And um, as as that, uh, you know. I, I do what I can and what I know to do. And then God just opened those doors.
1: Oh, nice. So let's just talk about like your your, your your routines. I mean, obviously it seems like like you're 50-50, right? I think sometimes you're probably very, very structured and sometimes you want to be very free-spirited. And that's just based upon me outside looking in. I could be 100% wrong, right? Right. <laughs> no. Absolutely
0: right. Again, hybrid, you know, because in the corporate world, and and I'm in the corporate world in the 90s. In the you know, ladies are in the 90s. And so for women, it's very rigid. I mean, I I wore a bow tie because for women to be respected, they had to have the illusion of looking, you know, being you know being in that space, looking like a guy, acting like a guy, kind of a thing. And so we had to be very you know very structured, very very rigid. And um and so um in the business world, and I'm wearing that business hat then that's mm-hmm. kind of how it is. However, in the music creative world, it's very flow. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. very, very fluid. And so um, it took a minute to adjust to that, you know, that flow. Um, and now um, depending, I'm, I'm still adjusting, you know, because I do show up on time and mm-hmm. I have an issue when people don't show up on time, <laughs> you know, or I let someone know if, I have a conflict and I let you know in advance. I don't let you know the day before or God forbid the day of, you know, where Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't do that. And so certain things, it's a matter of respect. It's a matter of, 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 of training. You know, Mm -hmm. and so I recognize if somebody doesn't do that, then either they're disrespectful of people or they just don't know no better. They ain't been trained. They're ignorant Mm -hmm. to the fact, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so, so I am, um, um, very disciplined, um, but I'm really work when I'm on stage, as you've seen. Oh, I'm I'm kind of there, mm-hmm. you know. And when I come off stage, um, it's at that point that it's about it's about business, mm-hmm. um, because I also do um, uh, workshops and stuff. When I'm in that mode, when I'm in a business mode, you know, then. I'm I'm there, you know. But I I so, so I find myself if I'm in a business mode, I'm I'm a little bit more relaxed. If I'm in a performance mode, that I'm a little bit more structured. So that's where it's that hybrid. I want to get to the point, Chanel, where I'm flowing, flowing because the ocean, the river, they're structured. They're structured. They don't, you know, unless something is disruptive, they stay right here, <laughs> you know. But they're flowing, and they're getting it done, you know, and so I want to be like that flowing river you know that that's 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 going about its business, doing it as the dupe you know um and 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 sometimes forceful and sometimes just chill but i'm 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 keeping going
1: so it's interesting that that you that you bring that up about being fifty fifty so like I'm really intrigued by this next question, so okay. what is your morning? Rituals, your morning habits look like <sighs> ever
0: changing <laughs> ever changing I'm trying to find something um um um, um because because it, it, it's it's crazy because I get up I wake up at seven or eight in the morning and um I get up and get my mom situated and everything. And then thankfully now we have a companion for her. Praise God for Fulton County. Um, We have a companion for her. Um, But I am going to bed midnight, one o'clock. You know, because I've got stuff that has to be done and things I have to do. And so I'm getting up in the morning. And so you ask about my my morning routine. Um, I I get up. I make sure that I drink um, 16 ounces of water. That lemon water, or you know something like that. Um, I am um, doing my affirmations, and I'm reading my devotion, and getting my head right, you know, um, because it's about to go, you know. Um, And then I look over my schedule, devotion, prayer, meditate, you know, doing that. That that's that. I take I kind of take my time doing that. I give myself an hour, Mm -hmm. you know, to do that um, while I'm just kind of chilling, you know, kind of a thing, um, I refuse to get up at six o'clock. I refuse to get up at five o'clock because that, that to me is like corporate, you know? So, so I was going to be getting up at eight and then my spirit was like, no, get up at seven, you know? And so at seven to eight is when I have my devotion, spirit, prayer, meditation, time, drink, water, self-care. Um, and then, um, after that, um, I, you know, I obviously have my meetings, but you asked me about the morning routine. It's it's very much so self-care. It's very much so thoughtful. The last thing that I do, right, is, is the night before I'm, I, I I sort of remind myself about what I have to do the next day. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I refresh myself and say, oh, okay, this is what you got to do. You know, so I've learned through others, others teaching that the night before plan your next day, not the whole week, but plan your next day so that you know, when you get up in the morning, okay, click, click, click. It can just go click, you know, really smoothly.
1: Got it. Got it. So no, 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 I I think, I think that definitely is based upon your personality. I mean, and this next question is kind of falls under that as well. Right. Cause I'm just thinking about, okay, like you're obviously highly educated, but you don't, come across as someone that particularly has the time to read but you're getting a lot of information so this next question is a three-part question right like what books have you read on your journey that that helped you get to where you are currently what book are you reading right now and I think you alluded to reading devotions and have you had opportunity to write or author any books as of yet well thank you
0: for asking that about the author part um um I just led what I called a um, paradigm success intensive hmm. um, during the first quarter where I invited friends of mine to go through Napoleon Hill's, the law of success. Hmm. And it's 16 lessons. Um, and so went through that and that was, woo, you know, but, but I'm, I'm one who says, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. There are people who know this stuff and let me just, Follow there. That's called learn. That's called learned wisdom as opposed to earned wisdom. Mm. I don't have to go through those steps if somebody else has done it. And so the law of success um, by Napoleon Hill. Um, and and I was like, OK, this guy wrote this, published this book in 1928, 100 years ago, basically. And they were millionaires then when, when the average income for an average person was seven, eight thousand dollars. You know, and so, um, okay, wow, I need to learn from them. Um, The other piece of that, just speaking very candidly, is, okay. why didn't my dad, because my dad was an avid reader. Why didn't my dad tell me about that book? That meant he didn't know about that book. And so a lot of information we didn't know about and our parents didn't know about to even tell us, you know, because 1928, my dad wasn't even born yet. but But they didn't know to even go in that direction. But anyway, that's the whole side, another story, but um, that's the book that I just finished and I did it on an, as an audio book.
2: Nice.
0: Um, um, because, uh, you know, that just kind of like the downtime I've, I've got to, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm in school. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but also I am in the process now of reading two books. Uh, one is called resonate mm-hmm. by Alex Wolf. Um, and the other is called all about, all about love by uh, bell hooks mm. and um that speaks to that hybrid kind of a <laughs> kind of a thing um because you know alex wolf as, as you know is just an influencer you know social media and you know she wrote this book the book is awesome are you familiar with the with the book
1: i'm not familiar with the book i'm familiar with the author
0: okay well she's written a book and a young girl you know in her twenties you know um and so just just really just her her angle on it as a person who's not acad- you know trained and you know from a, from, a, from a textbook you know it's just fascinating from a marketing standpoint and the things that she's saying and so I encourage you to to check out the book um um but those are the two you know mm. um i'm I'm reading both both the softer flow love side and the um um and w- wanting to understand me again it's it's about self awareness
1: mm-hmm.
0: how can i better better myself and and better better others?
1: Hmm. Interesting. And about, about the authorship, have you had opportunity to write any books?
0: Um, um, I actually am in the process of, and it's being illustrated now. I've written a book, hmm. a children's book, hmm. uh, for, um, for the disability community. Hmm. Um, I, um, um, I have a nonprofit that works with performing artists with disabilities. And, um, one of the challenges within this population is us, you know the general population, we create barriers unintentionally, but we create barriers um, and so um, um, I wanted to do a children's book to help change the stigma narrative of the disability community um, because I met people who are very you know skilled, it's just different, who are very talented, they're just different, and so that whole valuing differences is very important to me um and so. This um, so I wrote a uh, children's book is being illustrated right now, um, um, and um, I'm excited. I'm really excited about it um, because it, it, because disability has so many diverse – it's so diverse within itself. Yeah. You know, there are people that are blind, deaf. We're familiar with them, uh, quadriplegics, paraplegics, but there's also persons who are um, – have dyslexia. That's considered a disability. Post-traumatic stress disorder, military persons, you know, all of those are disabilities that and, – and, and, and disability, the word – you're disabled, you know, you can't function. You can't, I mean, it's it's such a harsh word. And so rather than looking at the challenges, let's look at what they can do and what their abilities are. And so that's what this book is about. It's it's called, I am able to T O O.
1: Hmm. I am able to. And is it, is it under your name or using a pen name or.
0: Oh, no, (laughs) it's going to be under my name. Okay. uh, Myrna Clayton. Um, you know, it's so funny because I went through, um, should I change my name? Should I give, you know, I went through all of those, you know, things and discussions and um, I have a hard enough time trying to keep up with, with passwords. And <laughs> 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 look, look, can we keep it simple? It's me. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> look, it's me, Bernard Clayton. That's funny. You know.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, obviously you have like, you've been on a hell of a journey, right? You have a legacy that's behind you. That's kind of following in your shadow. But where do you see yourself 20 years from now? Because I know whatever you're planning on doing, you have not even accomplished it yet.
0: Um, 20 years, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be on somebody's beach um, Mm -hmm. with a picturesque background um, and performing. Performing Mm -hmm. on stage and also bringing others along with me,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. introducing them to the world. Because when I say somebody's beach... I've been on beaches all around the world and they're beautiful. Now, mind you, my favorite beach is Gulf Shores Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been everywhere, Bermuda, lots of places. My fa- Nigeria beaches there, but my favorite is Gulf Shores Alabama, because that's where my family's from, but also it's mm-hmm. beautiful. The Gulf, the Gulf is beautiful. Um, but um to be able to um do my passion, do what I love and mm. share it with others and show them. Cause to me, that's what generational wealth is. It's not just your own, own independent, indi- individual family, but to show others how to do it too. That's what you do. Mm. Show others how to make it do what it do, <laughs> you know? Mm. um, and, and that's where, you know, where we talk about, don't, don't give a person fish, teach them how to fish, you know, it's mm. that kind of desire. And so I, I am an educator. I am a, a, a teacher, you know, um counselor I'm constantly giving people advice even if they don't want it (laughs) so so I have to check myself because I've gotten to a point now where because I don't talk about my MBA I don't talk about that when I'm with people Mm -hmm. and so when I'm when I'm giving advice or something especially as it relates to business you know someone will say I'm so glad we chatted I say, hold up we didn't chit chat (laughs) <laughs> hmm. You the, the what I'm sharing with you and what I'm imparting to you is not something that your your friend down the street would be would be sharing with you. Um, hmm. This is a value. And oh, by the way, when you make your million, I want one percent. I don't want hmm. a lot. One percent of a million will suit me mighty fine, especially if six or seven of them. Hmm. That's some residual income because I'm talking one percent of gross, not net.
1: Hmm. <laughs> that's 1%. an MBA speaking right there.
0: of gross. (laughs) So, so so yeah, that's what I want to, that's what I want to be able to do 20 years from now. Mm. I'm wanting to choose where I want to go. I want to have five houses. Um, and, 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 and yes, they're passive income, but I go and and go where I want to, based on the weather, based on the climate, based on the atmosphere. You Mm. know, um, I used, I tell the story when I sing, um, uh, what I want you know. When I sing um, "Somewhere Over the Rainbow," which a lot of people love that song, um, I talk while you know while the um, the music is going. I'll say, you know, uh, the birds have it right. When the, when it gets dangerous, they fly away. They fly away. They don't just kind of stay in it. And so I, me, as this American songbird, let me just go someplace else where it's good and chill and welcoming. I want to be where I'm appreciated, not tolerated. Mm and so let me just go where i'm loved and appreciated you want to give me a hard time well i'm not going i'm not going to put my energy into that i'm just going to go over here because you know i'm a fighter i'm a fighter you know and i want to choose my battles as opposed to have someone choose them for me because when i fight i fight to win and i don't i don't do it this way i'm going to do it i'm going to go talk to your boss's boss <laughs> I'm going to go talk to the decision makers, you know, because um, if I talk and, and deal with, with persons who are really it's above their pay grade, I, you know, but, you know, I'm wasting my energy. I, I I want to get the task done. And so I learned in corporate politics, how to play those games. I don't like playing them, which is why I'm, you know, part of partly why I'm not there anymore, mm. but I know how to play them. Um, I was taught. Well,
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very nice. I mean, I think that that is a gift and a curse for like any entrepreneur. If you have not worked for corporate America, you kind of have to learn that. And it always the perception is, is that most entrepreneurs become very cutthroat very quickly. But corporate America is cutthroat. They just put sugar on top. That's that's the only difference. It's just it's a skill who kind of articulate particular things in a particular fashion, like you said, is going to the decision maker versus actually talking to someone that's just going to argue with no results. So I definitely appreciate you bringing that topic up. So going into like, I mean, you're in multiple facets of multiple different industries. Like what softwares are you using to kind of manage or orchestrate the different things that you're doing?
0: Uh, Um, um, uh, Okay, um, when I was in corporate, mm-hmm. I had tech support and I would just call them and say, can you come help me, please help me? Um, because I really value mm-hmm. persons with, with gifts and with skills. Um, and so I preface that by saying, <clears throat> um, um, I'm having to learn, Talk about being in school, I'm having mm-hmm. to learn about what tools to use. And so mm-hmm. um, as uh, as this virtual world enters, you know, me learning what's the best platform, whether it be Zoom or um, uh, StreamYard,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, or other platforms to use um, to be able to um, get the message out, um, what type of um, um, sound, you know, sound equipment mm-hmm. to use. Um, and so I'm not wanting to necessarily name drop because they are not mm-hmm. look. They're not paying me to. I'd much rather promote Boss Cage than <laughs> than somebody who's not you know sponsoring me. Um, I want to be sponsored. I want to be like um um to to be able to um, use product and, mm-hmm. and 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 and, and pl- product placement. You know, again, mm-hmm. that's that MBA coming. I want to have product placement, but um, I utilize. Um, the um email I'm trying to get to the point where I utilize the the email systems um, mm-hmm. because I have a lot of emails, but they're not they're, they're not managed. unfortunately, um, I'm a dinosaur you know in mm-hmm. that respect, and I want to I know what needs to be done. I just mm-hmm. haven't yet learned how to do it, and so I'm going to have to utilize the expertise mm-hmm. of 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 others. Um, yes, we're on social media. yes, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. Um, um, and, um, I've a YouTube channel, um, and, and I have a website, you know, I have all of that. Um, but it's very different when you're doing it for yourself Mm -hmm. versus doing it for someone else. As I said, I'm this can of peas, (laughs) you know? And so, so, so those are the things, those are the platforms, um, that I use. Um, and then, um, um, when I'm performing, you know, we I use you know because I'm operating in this virtual world, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm also you know I told you I'm, I'm part of this post pandemic live performance. I'm this pace setter for that, and so I am really trying to um, see how to do live shows,
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know, in in the in this in this environment, um, mm-hmm. and so I'm looking and and studying how best to do that, and maybe you can help me, Chanel, because here's the thing: we just did a um, an event and mm-hmm. we charged for tickets and um, we utilized a ticket service we won't mm-hmm. go through the names but we utilized a ticket service and we promoted it um t- artists again told you, don't know how to promote but they did mm-hmm. as best they could to promote and um people aren't um purchasing for music mm. they're getting free concerts all day every day live and recorded or staged you know video And so how do we have a live show that someone's willing to pay for Mm. that, Chanel, I'm watching the live concert on my computer. That ain't fun. I'm watching the live concert on my TV or on my phone. That ain't Mm. fun. And I got to pay for that? Mm. How do we as entertainers get through to make it engaging, to make it entertaining, and you're willing to pay um, and so that's that's where I am thinking strategically. You know, as a business person who this is what I do for a living. You know, how do I do that when when you got what is it, um, Verve? You know, where they the, you know the artists. You got Earth, Wind, and Fire and mm-hmm. the Isley Brothers. And I'm sorry, I don't want to watch them play their music. Their you know the records that ain't fun to me. And them mm-hmm. talk about it. That's cool, but I'm not gonna sit and wa- sit there and watch that for two hours. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go to y'all and see y'all do it live and Mm. have the experience, you know. And so I'm really looking for technology because I'm looking to create new technology that Mm. allows for us to have the experience, you know. The closest thing to that is, you know, is 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 a watch party, you know. But I'm not communicating. That's through. I'm not able to see you, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know. But and so I'm wanting to get with some creatives, you know, to in this new virtual world how do we have that live experience
1: Hmm.
0: you know i don't know
1: i think i think it's going to be kind of difficult in a sense because what you're asking for is kind of like how do we do a woodstock without people being in woodstock And thinking about like the magnitude of what Woodstock was, it was not only about the music, it was also about the people being amongst each other. So -hmm. the only way you can kind of get into that space and that mindset is is being exclusive. And I think that's where things are gonna go. Like maybe you don't do 10,000 people. Maybe you have an exclusive event on one day where it's just 100 people that not only could they hear the live performance, but they have an opportunity to interview or conversate or mix and mingle, kind of like the VIP status with the musician live. And that kind of changes things because it's a smaller community of people that you're talking to. And then you can take that content and regurgitate it to the masses.
0: And well, that um, um, that's very much so what uh, Prince, you know, was doing you know, long time ago with his exclusive group and he would connect mm-hmm. and, and be giving them new product and free product mm-hmm. and talking to them and things like that. I don't that is a way. Mm-hmm. Um but I would hate it's kind of like you know with kids going to virtual school, mm-hmm. you know, and not being able to go to the prom. You know, those of us who know what that's like, oh wow, you're missing something if, you mm-hmm. know, how can we give you that feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, there's an old school movie called sleeper. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, but, um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, what's, I don't even remember the guy's name, but anyway, the movie's called sleeper. Um, I think it came out in the seventies. I, I, before my time, but I remember, remember watching it because folks were talking about it. Anyway, it's very much so futuristic. And he was, he was, he was literally having sex by touching a ball. He had the sensation Uh, you know, just touching a ball, you know, Mm. I mean, literally like a beach ball, you Mm. know? And, and so it's that kind of thing that, okay, how can we have the experience,
2: Mm.
0: you know, um, it's like being able to smell through my computer. How can I smell a, smell a a sizzling, you know, steak, (laughs) you know, I can see it, but I can't, or, or a beautiful aroma, lavender, Mm. you know, that I don't, I don't know that we're going to ever get there, but, Short of that, how can I have a live experience? And yes, it's mm. exclusive, and yes, it's nice, and it's a VIP setting, and it's a VIP thing. Mm. But if I can't, if I can't touch you, we're already having people that can't communicate because all they're doing is text. You know, they're communicating, yeah, yeah. texting, and they can't talk to each other. They haven't learned how to engage, and mm. so we have to. We who know better. To me, I think that we we're we're the bridge. It's our responsibility to allow them to be able to do that otherwise um the, the the movie The Matrix is for real, you know, I'd like to think that it's not for real, but it's 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 coming truer and truer, you know, so God bless that sister, that black girl that wrote that movie that those guys tried to steal from her, <laughs> so you know um um so so it's a it's 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 very much so from a tech standpoint um this is where we are and and i I would much rather my training in corporate was a new product and new business development. And so I'm a, 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 a forward thinker. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm over here because yes, there are people like yourself and others who know how to do this because you guys were forward thinking a few years ago to where you can do this now. And so I would much rather work, work with barter with, you know, um, the pay folks, um, um, to be able to support me with this while I'm working with somebody else, or with even with you, to mm-hmm. say, okay, how do we do this? Because I'm asking, what's going to be happening in 20 years? You know, I may be even able to not fly somewhere, but just tr- teleport mm-hmm. <laughs> myself, you know, to that beach, you know, and it not be. I mean, literally, I'm there. Not, I'm um, thinking, you know, visualizing. I'm there, you mm-hmm. know um so it's, it's, yeah so that's kind of how my little brain goes it's kind of it's, it's kind of out there <laughs>
1: cool, cool. so l- let's talk about like words of wisdom right the, and I, I think that you are designed to talk to any generation so i'm not going to say a 15 year old i'm not going to say someone 30s i'm not going to say someone 70s if you want to give someone some insight and let's say i'll deem them as musicians what words of wisdom would you give to a musician to get them on track to be successful in their art form and successful in their business? Um,
0: two things. One, I would say embrace your gift, your uniqueness. Embrace that and then perfect that because that will make you your money, that will mm-hmm. make you have freedom, that will allow you, that will open doors that mm-hmm. you never could have imagined. But you're starting with that gift, that gift that you had nothing to do with getting, mm-hmm. but it was imparted in you and you don't know why you have it. Some of it's you know connected with DNA. Some of it's just like, ain't nobody. I just, I don't know why I have it. But I got it. And so you be, you embrace that uniqueness of your, in yourself and then work on perfecting it because that's the way you say to the give the giver of the gift how much you appreciate the gift. You know, it's kind of like when, some, when you've given a person a gift and they, they kind of just kind of toss it to the side. You ain't going to give them another gift. You're going to be like, mm. uh-uh. But if they say, oh, thank you, and they start using it, then you want to give them some more stuff, mm. you know? And so that's how I see, you know, um, um, the father, um, in that I've been given a gift. And, um, I know it's, I know now I can't say that I always knew, but I know now that it's a gift. And so there's a responsibility of me to perfect it and to share it with the world. The word says your gift will make room for you. You you, you Mm -hmm. to use that to make money and to better others. And so Mm -hmm. it's for the betterment of humanity that you're to use your gift. And so for those people, it may not be singing, it may be speaking, it may be using your skills, it may be your thoughts, it may be your gift of, of making money to give money. Who mm. knows what your gift is, but embrace it as opposed to, de- and, and, I was about to say as opposed to, but, and defend your gift. Mm. Because somebody will say, well, that's not, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. So, did you talk to God? I know. I know what what i what I heard in my ear, and Abraham heard in his ear and he believed that and he went for it, so whatever you're hearing in your ear, you need to go with that and until you're given differently then um go with it and perfect it that's my that's that's my advice perfect it you already know, and so use that and go with what you know because other people will tell you all kinds of things, and if it makes you uncomfortable and it makes you um not happy. You, I we can. We un- Discomfort is all about going after your gift because if you, if you were comfortable, then you're not stretching yourself, and so mm-hmm. you got to stretch yourself. And so the discomfort is my sign. If I, oh, I'm uncomfortable, well, I know I'm going in the right direction. I'm stretching myself. This is mm-hmm. not nice. I don't like this, but I know I'm going in the right direction. But if I'm comfortable and I'm chilling, I'm laid back. Ah, and you ain't going nowhere, and you 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 you're complacent. You're mm-hmm. complacent at that point. So that would be the advice.
1: Wow. Definitely insightful. So how can people find you a- online? I mean, you talked about your social media profiles. You talked about a website. Like, I want you to name some of these items so we can kind of get people in contact with you.
0: Okay. Um, well, the best way um, is to um, go to my website. It's just simple MyrnaClayton.com. Again, yeah, no, mm. none fancy. MyrnaClayton.com. Um, also, uh, Facebook. Um, um, I. Um, I do a lot of posts on Facebook. I'm of that Facebook generation. I do have a presence on Twitter. Um, I don't have a presence on Instagram. I do have a presence on LinkedIn. And that's, that's where it is. I have a presence <laughs> there. Um, but I, I haven't gotten, haven't grown up yet to, okay. because I'm still, still developing um, in mm-hmm. those spaces. But I know that I have to. And so this year is about doing that. It's about getting those skills and building those skills um, to be able to do that. But the best way um, is I'm straight old school, email me, you know, old school is call me, but you know, no, because now we checking our numbers. Do I have this number in my phone? (laughs) So I'm not going to answer it. (laughs) Um, So, you know, um, but the best way to contact me because it's through my, through my website, because that will send an email to me or, um, if people want to email my company, um, it's cedartreeworldwide at gmail.com. Nice.
1: Cedar
0: Tree worldwide at gmail.com. And so that's my, that's my company.
1: Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I got a bonus question for you, right? Okay. I, obviously, you probably sang or sung hundreds, probably even thousands of songs. Yeah. If you had to pick one song, like right now, if this was the last song you're ever going to sing right now in this moment, what song would it be? and why
0: okay um can i can i ask can i can i give you a, a, a rounded answer to get to there by all means um um because neither of these people neither of these three people are the, the song belongs to mm-hmm. <laughs> so my favorite singer in the whole entire world are two minnie ripperton and nancy wilson love 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 them my favorite business music business person is bessie smith And she was a business mogul and an amazing singer at a time when that was not technology, yet she owned her own train. She had her own sound equipment. She had her own tent and her own marketing team. And so she was a businesswoman at a time when people didn't like black people. And the business being male dominated, folks didn't appreciate women being leaders. You know, it's for Bessie Smith. Um, But my favorite, the song, if I had only one song to sing, and this song I've sung um, in every country where I've performed. And the song is What a Wonderful World Mm. by Louis Armstrong. And I sing that song because we're more alike than we're different. Mm -hmm. And I say to the audience, when I smile, it looks like you're a smile. When I frown, it looks like you're a frown. When you cut me, I bleed red just like you. So we're more alike than, we dif- than we're we different. So can we get along? Can we not fight? And that's my converse every time. I've sung that song in every country wow. um, that I've sung. And wow. so if there was one song, it would be What a Wonderful World. Because it is. It's a wonderful world that we're living in. And we can either enjoy the beautiful sun or the pouring rain and have a relaxing time, or just be upset because something happened.
1: Hmm. Uh, it's definitely, I could definitely see you embracing that song. I mean, based upon who you are and just by like the, the way you answered the questions on today's show, I could definitely see that being a song that would be your last song if you would ever sing one. So I, I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, I got another bonus question for you. Okay. One, more. Oh, one <laughs> more. All right.
0: <laughs> ask as many as you like.
1: Perfect. So, if you could spend twenty-four hours with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted twenty-four hours, who would it be and why? Well,
0: I've already kind of answered that. That would be Bessie Smith. Hmm. Um, as I indicated before, you know how she was able to to do this. Um, I I would ask her, how did she do that without? You know Instagram without um, um, a major marketing budget. How were you able to do what you did and make millions of dollars, or certainly million equivalent at that time? How will you do that with all of the negative going against you? Um, so I would, I would, I would want to to talk with her because she's like me. She's a businesswoman and a musician. Hmm. And so, because of her, I want to, because um, she learned from, you know, Ma Rainey, and yes, there are all kinds of conversations about, you know, a bunch of stuff, but I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in, okay, you entertained your audience, and people came from miles around, they didn't have cars, <laughs> they mm-hmm. came from miles around to hear a concert in a tent, mm-hmm. in the field, and so, how did you do that? How did they know that, about you? You know how how and and so i would want to apply that same uh tenacity that same knowledge to today
1: wow I think I think you nailed that answer as well right um so going into closing of the podcast i mean obviously as this interview progressed, you may have came up with questions that you may have wanted to ask me. So this is the time of the episode where I give the microphone to you and the floor is yours. And you can ask me any question that may have come up.
0: Wow. Yay. Okay. Um, um, how, if, for your advice to, what advice I'll say it this way. Um, would you um or have you given to um entertainers that are shifting from um a um Shifting into because it doesn't matter where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. Shifting into a virtual world because that's that's where we are. We're in a virtual world. We've gone from agricultural to industrial to technology to virtual because mm-hmm. virtual is different than a technology world. You know, technology, as far as I'm concerned, you're still for person to person, still face to face. Technology, technology, and that's just my view of it. Obviously, mm-hmm. you who are who are analytical and technical, mm-hmm. you know, and artistic yourself. Um, probably have a very different view of that. But right now, whatever was before, we're virtual now. (laughs) We're virtual world. And so how how would you suggest an artist, um, um, and and also as a caveat, there are no more record labels. You know, the Mm. record industry is very different. Um, And so how would you suggest an artist um, um, not survive but thrive
1: yeah. yeah it's funny that, that you brought that up because um I think a recent episode was with Alex Johnson and Alex Johnson is a, is a musician right and you know he is creating content creating videos and we were just having a, a like a live Q&A style podcast where it was all about growth strategy and to your point in today's world it's not that much different than back in the the late 80s and early 90s. And we had talked about this comparison about back then, you would get records out of someone's trunk, right? There was no social media, but that person would drive around from location to location to location and broadcast about that particular record. Hey, I got CDs. Hey, turn on the car. Listen to some of my music and hear the sample. And I think technology has kind of stifled some of that to a certain extent to where people have gotten lazy. They they have lost the edge. So think about you're driving from city to city, state to state, county to county person to person and you're promoting essentially one person at a time 20 people at a time anyone that would listen but now you have a platform that you can do that to the masses you don't have to talk to one person at a time you could talk to thousands of people hundreds of thousands millions even equivalent to billions of people but people are not doing that in the environment so Back in the day, you would go out every single day, every single day you would hit the streets and you would try to promote and market your CD. And today you've only marketing your CD maybe once a day, maybe once every other day, maybe once a week. And then you're scratching your head trying to figure out like why you're not getting more sales. Well, there's a bigger world with way more mass communication. So if you're going to be heard, you're going to have to be one more frequent and a lot louder much like when we were selling CDs out the trunk of cars.
0: Wow. That's that's great. And that's that's good. And 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 that even means even that much more um why artists have to be business persons. Um mm. because because I do, I'm I'm a student of Master P. <laughs> you know? Um like I said, I go to school, man. It's it's like, <laughs> hey, I, why reinvent the wheel? There are people who've done it. So let mm. me learn from them. Um, and so, so yeah, that's, that, 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 that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, um what is, uh, for, um, music, mm-hmm. what is the best, um, um, uh, platforms? What are the best platform or what is the best platform, um, uh, for, um, for promoting, um, mm-hmm. or, or is there a system that you recommend for promoting, um, Music one,
2: hmm.
0: events two, which are, which are different. Two events different, yeah, two dash, different monsters. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And there's it, it, it definitely overlap with that. I mean, music is one of those things. It's kind of, are you trying to be mainstream? And if you're trying to be mainstream, then obviously going through some television outlet to kind of get to the masses. And, you know, think about like MTV was like the dawn and video music box back in Brooklyn were kind of that, epicenter to kind of have this content where you can sit down and watch a channel all day all night and see this content so what's the equivalent to that in today's world yeah we have vivo we have all these other channels that have music ongoing but youtube is a channel that reaches out to I think it's probably like 2.1 billion or close to that number, right? They're in the billions, right? So you can put content out there not only for free, but you can utilize this platform to market that content as well. And once you get to a certain size, you could also use your own content to monetize, which means you're you're selling ads for other people in between like commercial spots for your current music. So just understanding that principle of, Video first, right? And they always say, like, you know, video, you know, killed the radio star. Well, in today's world, everything is handheld, right? There's billions of people with handheld devices. And even on Facebook, even on Twitter, even on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of these environments have video components. And that's the first thing, if you're looking for conversions, is to look for video first. So I always say start with video. Start, do video music. Do more video musics on a regular basis, and then you would take the actual video that you created for music and convert it into audio. Do the video first, do the music second. And I'm not saying that the quality needs to be less. I'm just saying, think about, like, if we are talking about hip-hop artists, for example, Busta Rhymes in the 90s was like the Michael Jackson of the 80s for hip-hop. When he did a music video, it was an epic event. It was like a, a movie was being released, and everyone and their mom was glued to the screen to see what crazy thing he's going to do next. But his quality of music never suffered, but he put so much into his visuals that till this day, Buster Rhymes is one of the musically inclined legends of our time, not only for his music, but also for his video representation. So just think about that. Like you can do that. You know, I think Little Nas X is kind of coming into that space. His videos are like, you sit there and your mouth hits the floor and you're, it's more shock value than anything else, yeah. but he understands the psychology of what people are going to be clingy to and what they're going to be talking. They're going to be talking about Little Nas X videos 30 years from now because of what he did now. And it's kind of like, there's nothing really new, but he is targeting people based upon the psychological aspects of it. And that's what Buster did in the 90s. And that's what Michael Jackson did in the 80s.
0: Now that's fascinating to me um now but because you have to do the music first mm-hmm. in order to make the video for the music correct but you're saying okay but instead of putting the music out first put the video out first that that music alone out first put the video out first um that has the music with it and let that let let that video visual be what the music
1: rides on. Um, Think about sharing it, right? If, 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 if No matter if it's food or if it's a, how to create a product, majority of the things that are being shared are videos. You may get some images here and there, but you can't have a still image and have a music associated to it, right? So anything that you're going to do that has motion, whether it's sound motion or video motion, it needs to be a video, right? You can separate the audio and deliver the audio, but how often, like check your cell phone, how often have you gotten a link just audio check your facebook when's the last time you got a link to just audio Mm, okay yeah even the live performances are still in the video format like that facebook live is a golden nugget because now you have the interaction with the person that's creating the music, and it's this guy, his name is Mark, and he's kind of like a musician guy, he's on Facebook Live every Sunday, he says the most craziest things, but he makes his beats right then and there, and when you're sitting there, you're like, who is this guy, he just did this live on the camera in front of me, it wasn't, there's no studio behind him, it's just him and his board, and he's mixing and mastering, and he starts singing right then and there, and you're just kind of like, holy hell you're in the moment right then and there it's because of the impact of the video the music supports it you feel the music you're listening to it but it's also his visuals that's changing the environment to where you're like completely glued to the screen the entire time
0: wow wow yeah that's that's fascinating and that's 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 what's that's what's up my little head's going (laughs) <laughs> Process. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, what about events?
1: Yeah. So events is it's events are so difficult right now because like in-person events versus virtual events, it's like the sky's the limit. Like that's that's like the new green savior, right? Because I mean, you could pop up with a new software tomorrow and combine both of them. But you know, Eventbrite has been around forever, and they kind of have like a hold on it. But then you have webinars. I mean, any webinar platform essentially allows you to do an online event. Right. You could even do Zoom online events. So just think of it from a standpoint. Use whatever works for you, whatever you're comfortable with, and make sure it has the features. One feature that you want is to be able to monetize. So think about it from a standpoint. If I could monetize my webinar, how would I do that? On the front end, I want to put something that that has a conversion for somebody to make a purchase point. So whatever platform that you can say, hey, sign up for this, make a purchase, and then I give you access. That's, that's the simplest way of looking at it. Don't worry about the platform. Worry about the core functionality. Can I check someone in? Can I verify? it? Did I get paid? Do they get access? And then obviously you want to then follow up with them. And that's the series of events when it comes out, to, whether it's live events or localized events. Wow. Wow.
0: Wow. I'm, 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 I'm on the, because I know you're a systems guy, so I'm on the process, <laughs> the steps, because that's what systems are. They're steps that can be repeated, scale, scaled, yep. um, and so the repetition of it. Um, well, then um, with that, that process, um, um, my audience is international. Mm-hmm. And so um, local, too, I mean, not, not local, too. Um, I tell people America is included in international,
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's part of um, the world, right?
0: Yeah, right. Um, but every time when I say international, they think, well, I don't do stuff in America. You know, mm-hmm. So it's like, no, I, America is included in that. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, it's it, within Facebook's mm-hmm. algorithms, which, of course, I don't know. Um, but within their algorithm, first of all, is Facebook, let me ask it that way, is mm-hmm. Facebook the best way? Because I have I have audiences that are abroad, you know? Mm-hmm. In all of the countries where I am, I've got Facebook friends. Um, wherever Facebook is available, I've got Facebook friends. Um, and so um, how am I able to manipulate Facebook so that my audience can see, mm-hmm. you know, what I have that's available?
1: Cool. So, I mean, Facebook in Again. not a partnership, well... Not to say, in partnership with the other big brother devil called Google, right, but yeah. when it comes down to analytical data and Big Brother, it's kind of you know you have Facebook, you have Google, and you got, you have amazon right so right. facebook is is essentially a platform that's designed to not manipulate but to understand the behavioral insight of their audience like so Facebook allows you to say, I want to target someone based upon their behavior versus Google is saying uh, someone is looking for something. Someone is typing in a keyword. There's some behavioral stuff on Google, but Facebook is kind of like like the big brother in that sense. So what, what does that mean for you? That means for you is that you can go on Facebook and say, I want to look for people that are interested in just jazz or a type of jazz or a type of blues or music or And then you could actually target that country, you could target that region. So part of that audience that you're looking for, first and foremost, if you have an email address, like that's golden, because majority of the email addresses should be associated to a Facebook account, if they have a Facebook account underneath that email address. Once that person logs in via that email address, then Facebook knows exactly that person is what they do whether they they have dogs or cats whether they like to swim or whether they like to eat ice cream while they're in the hot tub facebook knows that so if you have the emails then you could easily attach these emails and create what is called a look-alike audience inside of facebook and a look-alike audience is saying hey i have this pool of people this 100 people per se 200 people facebook you have billions of people based upon your algorithm You're looking at these 200 people. What is the commonality of these 200 people? What do these 200 people all share? Now, from the outside looking in, it's going to be difficult for any individual person to, unless you're a computer, to cross-analyze 200 people and find the common denominator. Facebook does it without thinking about it twice. So then you can say, hey, I want to find 10,000 people that share the same commonalities as these 200 people. And now you have a lookalike audience that now you could target a bigger pool of people that share the same commonalities and the same behaviors as your 200-person email list.
0: But I don't have that. While while Facebook has access to their email, I don't have access.
1: To their names you you have access to their emails but you may now know who they are right think right. of it from a standpoint of, that's why you have lead magnets and somebody comes in they'll give you their their name and they'll give you their email address the second that you capture that email address the next part of that is you want to facilitate and talk and communicate and then you want to pipeline that information back into facebook to create these lookalike audiences so you could then target people like them not just that person but more people that has the same personality traits as that individual person. Now, once you find the new pool of people, Facebook is not going to give you that information, right? There's privacy laws, right? So with these privacy laws that are in place, what Facebook can then do is then you could pay Facebook to communicate to these pool of people that Facebook has deemed to be much like the pool of people that you do have the email addresses for. So then that's why you will see ads. If if you go online and you see similar ads over and over again on Facebook and the the ads are usually targeted to you and you can't help but to stop and to look and to click or to save, is because Facebook knows that you love the information that they're putting in front of you based upon the habits that you've done over the years of using Facebook. Yeah,
0: that's that's a whole nother conversation.
1: But a yeah. whole nother box, that's a whole nother, whole nother beast. But it's very, it's very um simplistic when you think about it is is, is, is really thinking about, it. hey, if I know John likes to jump, show me 20 other Johns that like to jump. It's just that simple. And if I like John likes to jump, I like John to jump over something. I want more people that jump over something. And then you say, I want somebody to jump over something, and do a backflip. And you're just layering in the, the pieces that you're looking for. So then you're going to find people that just know how to jump over something and then do a backflip versus just people that know how to jump or people that just know how to jump over something. So you're you're isolating and you're getting smaller and smaller down into your niche until you find the gymnast, right? And that's that's a way of looking to find the gymnast is to think about people that like to jump, move forward, run, backflip, stuff like that and then you could introduce to them about becoming a gymnastic champion or whatever it is. It's just a psychological way of looking at it of breaking down based upon the personality habits and traits.
0: Well, with that, there are you can you can do Facebook ads. Mm-hmm you can do you can boost your your stuff. What's the difference between and, and, and what and is this Facebook ad because I obviously don't know this and yep. so I'm picking your brain now. When I see something that says sponsored, is that an ad or is that a
1: boost? Well, they're one and the same. Think about it that like Facebook is, they, their psychology is beautiful, right? They're like once you understand the principles of psychology, all you have to do is rename something, right? So I promise that but I can say red and red. Am I talking about the color or am I talking about actually reading something? Yeah, yeah. It's all based upon perception. So you may see sponsored and think, okay, what does sponsored mean? And Facebook understands that. Hence why they'll put boost. Why didn't they just call boost sponsor? Right. It's, It's the same. But they understand that from a user standpoint, you'll look at the word boost and be like, boost means increase. Boost means uplift. Boost means something positive. I need to do that. I need to boost my post, right? That makes logical sense when I explain it that way, but on the back end, all it is is just you're paying money for them to show that particular thing that you're booting to a multiple audience. That's the definition of an ad you're advertising you're paying for someone to take something and present it to multiple other people the so, same it's my, exact-
0: so it's my 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 post that versus i guess if I do Facebook advertising, it's creating an ad.
1: It's one and the same, but obviously Facebook advertising gives you way more control over your ad and your reach of who you're going to communicate with and you can target and you can nip down. It's like being an average user versus being a pro user. The pro user has way more bells and whistles and way more control to target exactly what you want to do. When you boost the post, you're just saying, hey, take my five, ten, twenty dollars and hey, you got a million people, Facebook, send it to these million people but we all know that a million people may not be your target audience. It may right. be 10,000 people, maybe 1,000 people, but you're not going to know who's going to have access to that ad cuz you're only going to spend 20 bucks and 20 bucks for a million people doesn't even add up. So you may end up getting a couple thousand, but which 1,000 are you getting from that million? You don't have no idea or no clue with a boost.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Wow, that's that's very helpful. That's like I just got uh um uh um an intensive facebook <laughs> lesson <laughs> you know, I, the, the intensive courses intensive master class i sure. i like those but as a matter of fact because it condenses every you know you gotta be you know but it it but but it gets there and it gets it gets to to that to that to that answer yep. um uh, wow thank yep. you Not yeah,
1: a problem. um, um <laughs> well I definitely appreciate you coming on the show today and, and, and I appreciate, I mean, your questions, I love your questions because I mean, it just, it it just kind of gives you the insight for you to process and think about what really goes on behind the scenes versus the perception of what people are seeing on Facebook. So I definitely appreciate that. So
0: yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for uh, insightful questions. Oh my gosh, um, and um, and I appreciate your listeners. I appreciate your audience uh, being attentive and and caring enough to hang around and, and to the, to the end. You yeah, know, yeah. so so I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I would love to come back again and, and talk to talk to you and talk to your listeners, um, your viewers. Excuse me, visual your viewers. Um, again, to just kind um, of to to, to, to to share what I've learned, what I've done as a result of all the things I just learned from yeah. Chanel. <laughs> well,
1: I definitely appreciate it. S.A. Yeah, Grant, thank over thank and out. You. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss Uncage, cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off.
0: Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.